Most of you know that I live in Barcelona. It's a place I call home. We were halfway through recording this very enjoyable Q&A about La Liga when Martin and I discovered that people were being killed very nearby to where I live. We stopped. I tried to take it in. Um, the rest of the day was very much focused on making sure that everybody we know um, was well and safe. At least 13 people died. Uh, this is mentioned here because I don't feel it's the wrong thing to continue to talk about football, to send this out, simply because those who died need to be remembered and honoured. But those who try to make us dismayed, disorganised, fearful, and try to affect the joy we take out of life need to be opposed and defeated. I think and hope that even though I was recording this in a place where something terrible happened yesterday, the good thing, the right thing, is to be respectful, but to carry on with life. I hope you agree. You're about to hear 15 minutes of my La Liga preview question and answer. You can get the full recording, which comes in about a hefty 90 minutes plus extra time by becoming a big interview socio. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Where you'll find full details of the socio package. Sign up now and you'll get the full Q&A, an exclusive interview with Rafa van der Vaart and the latest episode of The Big Inside View. See you there. got Daryl Geraghty, um, who's a great supporter of the podcast. Um, hola, senor. Just curious as to see who you think this season's breakout stars will be. Uh, I think Pablo Fornals, uh, Villarreal, could be the signing of the summer. You, listen, you'd also... I mean, the thing about Fornals, and it's exciting to start with this, and it's typical of Daryl, is he's gone to, to outright talent. If anybody hasn't seen Fornals... Um, predominantly, I mean, he, he grew up an awful lot um, in, in Malaga, and he racked up a good number of first-team games for Malaga as a 19 and 20-year-old. I think to, to describe him quickly, you would say a quick Riquelme, a quick 21-year-old Riquelme. Now, if you could use a time machine and get one Roman Riquelme, the version that we saw at Villarreal, and the version at Boca Juniors, less so at Barcelona, he just wasn't a fit with Van Al. If you could make him 21 again, the bidding would start at 100 million euros. So the fact that Fornals hasn't got... I understand why he hasn't gone to Real Madrid because the, the need for him is less there. The fact that Barcelona, for example, haven't gone and buy this kid is completely out of my orbit of understanding. Because although he's a project, he, he isn't the finished article like Asensio is right now. This is still a guy who is two-footed, um, has... Shaken off the fact that he's he's wiry, he's about five ten and wiry, but already he's just got a little bit more top body strength. And last season, what we saw him begin to do, given that he's a, if he's not a, he's not a ten, but he's a, a roaming attacking. He's got Gus Poyet. You remember that ability Poyet had, mm. and David Platt had for arriving in the final third of not necessarily always the box, but arriving in the final third of the pitch. With some sort of inner clock ticking down from 25, going, start the run now, nothing happening. Keep the run going, nothing happening. 16, 17. Something's moving there. Look at him on the right. Sprint now. Ball, goal, for chance, or penalty, or free kick. Fornals has got that. Except he's also got, I think, 
a, a balance on the ball. You know, people scouts used to describe to me, Martin, and, and you're a, you were a good footballer, so maybe you've got it. But British scouts often use this phrase. Well, I've seen this player, and he can't run. And I've never been not saying can't run, and it's just a it's just a lazy way of saying you know I don't particularly like his athleticism or something like that. But the word balance is used all the same. as what is balance? Somebody stands up without falling down. But I think what it applies to is the way that Fornals, for example, and Raquelme did, and there are many, many others, who aren't small centre of gravity players like Xavi and Iniesta, Messi and Alves and Villa. This is a guy who, without being in any way you know, tall at 5'10", 5'10", when he's on the ball, his sense of equilibrium, his balance is that he's not looking for his footing or you know, where he should be in relation to the ball. Um, when he's looking, when he's using his peripheral vision and about to to distribute the ball, there's the, there's a sense of equilibrium and elegance that means that what's in question is not whether he's got his, his bearings right, not whether he's in the right position vis-a-vis foot to ball. It's about whether he's seen the right pass and whether he executes it perfectly. And also he's running on to the ball is, is very elegant. If, if he's in a team, and OK, so one of Daryl's points is, unspoken is about is Villarreal the right place for him you'd hope so because they value exactly that kind of player and that kind of football at that club in theory if his progression continues in the way that he was showing Malaga and if given that the crowd will instantly say this is a recognisable Villarreal uh, DNA player then those around him particularly playing for example Bruno's getting to a stage whereby I mean, we keep saying this about Adorith. We can't keep asking Bruno to be one of the standout, elegant midfielders in the Liga, given his advancing years. But if he is, and if he's playing, Bruno's playing regularly, say, alongside or behind Fornals, he'll be taught, he'll be given the ball at the right time. And, and Daryl's right. This is one of, if you were to name three or four footballers who are perhaps a little bit less high profile, but are just at the point where if you spend a season watching them, You'll say, Plumenet, no matter what else has happened in my football season, I've had a good year. Four Niles is one. New season, new stadium for Atleti. Um, Steve Smith's got a question. How will the move to the new stadium affect Atletico? I've got a horrible feeling it'll be similar to my Hammers, losing the intensity your true home provides. This would be a, hi Steve, it'd be a real cheat to say, I know. Because as we're recording right now, there's no, there's no pitch. Atleti are actually, you know, on a plane heading up for Girona because they've got to play in, in Catalonia and Girona because the Wanda Metropolitano, impressive though it looks as a as a shell of a stadium, isn't fully ready yet, and and therefore the fixture's been reversed. And therefore, what I'm trying to say is that one, it's not the London Stadium. There's not going to be, you know, there's not this gigantic disparity about the the running track. There's, there's also there's not going to be world championships uh, bumping West Ham out. It is going to be it's, it's it's worse in a way because you know the London Stadium where West Ham now is far closer to the bowling ground at Upton Park than the one Metropolitan Metropolitan is to um, this spiritual and this is what Stevie's getting at there the spiritual home in terms of the neighbourhood the actual Calderon. The structure, the architecture of the Calderon, the fact that it's got a motorway and a, and a river running underneath part of it, um, the fact that you can gather easily at a nearby metro and drink your way to the stadium, 
and before we talk about the moving and the, let, let, let me let me let me throw in a phrase. I did an interview with Mauricio Pochettino at the beginning of last season. And before they were knocked out of the group stage of the Champions League, it was already clear that they were having these problems with Wembley. And I said to him, look, you know, the Champions League has taught you, and this is, you know, Atletico fit into this category. The Champions League has taught all teams how to play away because in the old European Cup, if you had a bad run, you played away in Europe once you were knocked out. Well, if you get into the group stage, or if you've had to qualify into the group stage, you might have had two away ties and then three in the group stage, five. And if you're a regular qualifier, as many teams are, let's pick a, let's pick a, a Bayer Leverkusen. Let's pick them, for example. Um, they got the final ones, but they're not going to win it. They're not going to be semi-finalists regularly. But they rack up a lot of away experience. And Spurs come into that category of racking up away experience in the Champions League and learning how to play in a completely foreign environment, not just nicking across town to Chelsea or nicking up to Anfield. So in other words, the modern footballer learns how to travel, how to accept different climate, different food, um, a different sleep pattern. And teams now in Europe play a way to win. They, they, they don't go for the old style European Cup, like block, defend, play boring, try and sneak a 1-0. And therefore, for Tottenham, I said to him, you know what, what, what the hell's wrong? You've gone a very short distance to a London-based stadium, and yet it seems like the players have got the chairs. And he kind of... He looked back at me and he said, look, it's like, he said, I like sleeping at home. I love sleeping at home. He said, I love hotels. We get to go to good hotels in our business. Or if I go on holiday, I can afford a good hotel. But you go into a five-star hotel bedroom, sometimes you look at the bed or the pillows or the air conditioning or the noise in the corridor. Sometimes you sleep well. And sometimes you don't. It is good to sleep in your own bed. And I thought, metaphorically that was a really nice way of describing it so will the Metropolitano feel like their own bed to the fans and to the players my opinion is that um, there's a fighting chance um, typically for Spain there's been hold ups there's been disputes and Atleti aren't ready and I think that's a little bit embarrassing you know the stadium and the access and the safety certificates and the pitch these are all these have all been last minute projects when they shouldn't have been so Steve for me to say, I don't worry, it'll be fine. Or, now nah, you're right, it's a disaster. That would just be inept of me. But I think that the timing of a squad that hasn't been changed, there's not a whole tranche of new players coming in. There's a group that are unified, that work together, that have got an all-for-one-one-for-all spirit. They've kept Simeone, and while Simeone, I suspect will be using this year as a, as a sort of litmus test about do I do two, three more or do I go? He's still here now. There is this sort of backs to the wall, we'll make this work feeling amongst players, coach and fans. Six months in, if they're playing like pants and they're losing, everybody will be pointing the finger at the stadium about that, you're right. But a priori, looking at it, you'd say that if this is progress, if this is going to add revenue, if UEFA assess it and say this is going to be a European final stadium in the near future, that pride factor, I, I'm, I've got hopes that it doesn't derail Atleti. I have hopes that it's good for them commercially and therefore there's a threat, you're right. But initially, 
I, I keep my fingers crossed. And if I was cynical and saying, I've heard that the fans are just disgusted and they're not going to go, I would tell you so. So, blank piece of paper, let's hope they draw well on it. Let's talk about the champions. Um, Madrid kick off their season away to Deportivo on Sunday. Yeah. A couple of interesting questions. Stephen Johnson um, is saying, will Vallejo, Teo, Ceballos and Asensio get the chances they need this year at Real? And just following on from that, Ian Arnott uh, is asking about Asensio as well. Um, is this the season he becomes a fully paid up member of the Galacticos? And will Barcelona live to regret not signing him in 2013? Well, hola, Fontanelle, Ian Arna, um, an old friend. Stephen, hiya. These are good questions. Um, let's take them in reverse. I think Ian knows. I think he's playing with loaded dice. You know, Asensio last season proved that he is a player that the other footballers at Real Madrid already ultra respect. He'd already be in the top two or three most talented footballers at Real Madrid, Isco would be one of the others, um, after which Perm. But in terms of technical ability, he's more skilled than Cristiano Ronaldo. There's no question about that. I'm not, he hasn't got the same physical power, dribbling, athleticism, I don't think. But Asensio right now looks like he could become only the second um, Spanish Ballon d'Or winner. I think it's not inappropriate to mention that because he has everything that that award looks for. He has um, inspirational creativity, vision, daring, passing, shooting from range, slalom run dribbling. He's got responsibility, clean cut, articulate, intelligent. He looks well on camera. Um, His profile will immediately soar. He's comfortable and I think will become increasingly comfortable talking in the media, but we're, we're talking about what we're describing, an absolutely brilliant footballer. And in the way that Andrews Iniesta grew up obsessed about Michael Laudrup, Asensio grew up obsessed about Zinedine Zidane. Now, how about that? It's a Jimmy Webb, Glenn Campbell thing. Jimmy Webb grew up obsessed with Glenn Campbell and said, you know, stood in front of his own mirror with a hairbrush trying to sing like Glenn Campbell when Glenn Campbell was in the 60s was still uh, gigging with the Beach Boys. And Webb Web ended up writing two of Glenn Campbell's three biggest hits ever. And that's what's happening to Asensio. And, and to me, that's some sort of divine intervention. We are taught enough about football that if he isn't injured this season, will... I mean, Dembele at Dortmund is at the moment being tempted by a €160 million Euro fee, Barcelona's fee. Um... Let's take Mbappe, who we'll come back to. Monaco are saying that an 18-year-old Mbappe, who's an extraordinary striker, well, he's 180, they're asking for him. Well, if, if that's their prices, then what the flipping heck would you have to pay for Asensio? Because right now, although Mbappe is a phenomenon, I think, Asensio is ahead of both of them in terms of trophies, in terms of experience, in terms of showing his his big game calm and responsibility. So Asensio is somebody about whom the whole world should be like rubbing in its hand. (laughs) 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.